first of all, thank you for coming and for participating in this weekly practice, this studying the Dharma together. Thank you for your support by participating, by studying the Dharma, by being part of the Sangha, the spiritual community. <clears throat> and thank you for contributing and supporting us financially. We need the help. Please continue to help us if you can. This morning's Dharma talk is, is titled Without Location. So the uh, illusion is that everything is located and the illusion that is constantly reinforced just by eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind, that something is occurring and this is happening. I'm here and we're constantly telling ourselves little stories about who we are, where we're going. We re-identify. You can see how unstable the ego is by just one little thing goes wrong and we start to panic or come apart or think something is threatened. Extreme narcissism extreme belief in a separate being and we align ourselves with this body mind and we will fight to protect ourselves our ideas our concepts our opinions our beliefs don't believe anything don't disbelieve anything and don't ignore anything liberate yourself by looking at the prison that your mind is creating around you constantly by using this reference and that reference and this opinion that opinion someone else's opinions you might think you might gather in your awareness that you're somehow liberated because you're peaceful most of the time. This won't last. Nothing lasts. Anything that shows up is going away. Dogen, back in the 13th century, the founder of this particular Soto Zen school of Buddhism, uh, had a teaching called Drop Off Body and Mind, which is to say, my understanding of what he was pointing at is see that they are unreal. You don't have to push them away. If you push them away, they push back. If you're watching a really exciting or challenging or scary <coughs> adventurous movie and you, you, ha you have an underlying feeling that it's unreal, this is very much the same as watching a movie. It's real in the sense that it's relatively, relatively real. It's here. But if you buy into that by assuming things about it, adding to it your ideas, then it takes on a reality that is very difficult to work with if you're working out of belief, disbelief, and all of the polarities, all the duality of the world, right and wrong, right and wrong, right. This is right, that's wrong. They should, they shouldn't. The very people who are scary because they so much believe their thoughts and are willing to sacrifice your life, your freedom, in order to manipulate you, control you, to go from the armor that you show up at that shows up at the kitchen table to defend yourself against your husband, wife, partner, mother, father, daughter, son, any of that that's really close by. That same armor is the same armor a little different that is used to build tanks atomic why would you build an atomic i mean the why question doesn't even work here why would you build a uh, a bomb that if you use it will kill you <laughs> will kill everyone there's no way you can control that nothing nothing occurs in the sense of an act something is fundamentally dependable everything that is showing up is unreal this, this is unreal 
it's solid. That's why it's so difficult to work with it. Just like when something happens out in your living room or down the street or at your workplace or in your relationship dynamic, we have a reaction to it. That's not, and that reaction to what is there reifies, reestablishes, and reinforces the unreality of that dynamic. It is called relative truth. We're not trying to escape it. We're just trying to see that it is unreal. And what is real? Find out. You have to find this out yourself. This doesn't mean you believe your thoughts, believe your feelings, believe your your uh, ideas, your your concepts. Nor do you discard them and throw them throw them away and push them out so that you have this uh, imagined space of serenity, like some of the uh, Dharma teachers, so-called Dharma teachers, talk about. You cannot create peace just by. Uh, being celibate or not eating anything after noon or going through some kind of ritualized uh, calmness or ritualized silence. Without location. <clears throat> Look at the very location that, that is uh, the idea of location and separation and validation that is happening when you sit on the cushion sit in a symmetrical posture and look at the wall. Not, not much is occurring there. There's something occurring. What is it? Find out. Don't, don't worry about the why questions. They just give you a, a because of, of sorts. But the what question, what is this? Find out. You find out yourself what it is. I can tell you now what you will find. You may not like to hear this, but you won't find anything. But it is the intention that is important. Don't shake your head, yes. You're welcome. Thank you for receiving that correction. Was that a correction? Did I just correct? Did, what was your name again? Andre. Did I just correct Andre? Without location, we're here an hour ago, half an hour ago. At some point, you were looking in the mirror, maybe brushing your teeth. That, that, that is, where is that now? Where, where is that? That you can't find that. You can't locate that apparent illusion, uh, an illusion of you being in the kitchen. That's gone. And if you imagine you being in the kitchen, back in the kitchen right now, uh, you can't find that either. You can't even find this. But you might want to start or come back to or return to just this as it is. We were talking, uh, or I was mentioning something about uh, uh, the, the I, I call them spontaneous realizers. Someone who in, in their life somehow just through whatever causes and conditions arise, they suddenly realize their whole identity drops out. The identity of this and, and everything else just falls apart. And they, they are beginning to realize what this is fundamentally. This does not happen very often. And it just rarely happens without some kind of really intense, strong mind training to see clearly the truth yourself, not believe in something, Buddhism, any other uh, ism, not about believing anything, nor is it about disbelieving anything. So when Dogen in the 13th century said, drop off body and mind, he didn't mean push it away. 
he meant, as far as I can see from my own uh, quite a number of years of looking at this and studying that teaching and listening to that and endeavoring to understand what it is deeply. It's the attachment we have to I'm this. And it's the attachment we have to I think this or I think that or I feel this way or I feel that way. And we'll actually go back and forth like in ping pong or tennis, back and forth between this and that and this and that. There's no middle way there. And even the middle way is unreal because it's 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 founded on reference points of this way and that way. And it's trying to find some kind of middle way. Even that is an illusion. Yes, sir. Is there a basic misunderstanding about location that you're addressing by saying without location? I'm, I'm addressing you. Thank you. I'm, I'm when I say without location is look at any kind anytime you're in any location, look at it closely and without any thoughts about it, just receive whatever is there through whatever, whatever sense fields are operating your skin. You're seeing your hearing. Your. How it how it appears and also anything that shows up as far as any any thoughts about it, any naming. <clears throat> and see deeply what that is. Receive that. That's why receiving or observing is so incredibly important. Just receive that. So when I say without location, look at the illusion of the location that you have. You're sitting in your car or you're walking into uh, Walgreens, or maybe you don't go to Walgreens, but somewhere you're going, coming and going somewhere. And and you're always reestablishing the illusion that you're a separate solid being going from this place to that place. And you were over here, but now you're going over here. It's unreal. It's there. It's vivid. Necessary to see it yourself. More. Is, is location a kind of identity we're projecting out? Bowing? <clears throat> yes. Yes, you're stabilized. We are stabilizing ourselves in something somewhere. And it might be warfare with someone, argument with someone, or it might be you know, just the opposite, having a really enjoyable time visiting with someone, listening to what's happening in their life. Any of any of those dynamics are unreal. They're they're there and they're solid or the, the illusion of solidity is extremely powerful. <clears throat> this is why uh, Trungpa Rinpoche was once, at, once asked if he could define something like, uh, uh, define something like what it, what it was, what it's like or what uh, to take uh, uh, hallucinogens like lysergic acid and ethylamide. And he said, it's like super samsara. It's, it's the same solidity and reality, but it's intensified. So everything is super real. So anything that arises in your mind is seems super, super uh, valid or real uh, right in your face. Uh, but at the same time that that is happening because everything is not too, the, the illusion that it's unreal happens at the same time. Very similar with other hallucinogens that emphasize the polarity. This, this is why it, sometimes people who take uh, 
drugs uh, might feel like you could use that to uh, realize your true nature or and I'm not I'm not against that that's possible I'd say go do it you know but you want to look you might have to spend many years drugging yourself doing something that is that that is different than eating food and so on which keeps the body going but actually doing something to the mind stream <clears throat> excuse me I'm not against it but I'm certainly not going to be for it what am I for hold still have all the senses on receive and observe what is coming and going so that you so that the consciousness itself so that the awareness itself basically sees or understands or perceives or grocks or apprehends or whatever what this is fundamentally fundamentally this is why his holiness the 16 karmapa could say just before he died uh nothing happens same kind of teaching Tisho, you have a question? Shivaranj, when I'm sitting on the cushion, uh, the taste, touch, and smell seem to uh, highlight location of the self, this body, it's all very personal, whereas the other three are much less location or self-centric, but it seems to accentuate the other location. Um, do you suggest that, you know, you often suggest we revert to the flashback on the senses. Do you suggest that we flashback on these personal senses to see through self? Is that an easier or is it an advice step? Bye. I don't know if I would call it easier because of the causes and conditions that are arising in anyone's consciousness that are that that bring you to this uh, this gathering of, of people, or that take you away from it, or reinforce this part of your dynamic that is painful or scary or unnerving or causes anxiety. But it seems that becoming as radical, using the word radical, not as outrageous or different or um, causing chaos, but actually going to the, the foundation, the root situation. It seems that going to one of the senses, not fixating it, fixating on it and trying to become more aware, but just flashing on it, flash on sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of hearing, just to flash around there gives us a better idea of how incredibly um, accommodating the consciousness is. Consciousness is not making any choices. Consciousness is not an individual, a person. It just is able to go here and go there, and it doesn't mind what disturbance arises. It doesn't look at something and then and then change its opinion or its idea or its structure around that. Liberated, even if the body doesn't continue. It's liberated from the prison, the prison of otherness of of the, the walls of the mind, some usually described traditionally as passion, aggression, ignorance, hope and fear, all of those. And so I, uh, coming back to your question, I would say some of that alternation, ASAP, alternating sense awareness practice, without holding holding tight on anything, just flash on this, go to that, uh, sometimes call, uh, described as just touch and go, just touch on the sense of touch and touch on the sense of seeing, smelling, tasting. Maybe just the first thing going into the sense of taste, 
noticing there's not much happening there. That's also awareness. It came to a really slight mini conclusion there. Uh, As soon as you come to a conclusion, things start to shut down. So it's awareness that's important there, not about getting somewhere. And it's the intention to see what this is, not about actually seeing. Because you can't actually see, you can't actually see what you're intending to see. Because if you do, then we're back to uh, building a substrate under the ego that is someone who knows, someone who's enlightened, someone who's going to teach enlightenment to people, or become a guru or a Dharma teacher. So yes, do that. <laughs> yes, sir. What is it like you just brought up to realize that you can't see it? What, what is that? And is it different than concluding that we can't see it? Bowing. Can you paraphrase that? Simplify it so I can get to what you're asking me about. It seems like I can hear that and think that, oh, I don't see it now, so I'm realized, and then just go off about my business. And it seems like that's missing what you're pointing at. What I'm pointing at can't be seen. It can't be experienced. There's no experiencer left. But without that, without this kind of a teaching, not just from me, but without this kind of a teaching, the mind will continue to look for right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death, and all the polarities that are we get flooded by every day, just as we walk across the room, constant thinking to ourselves about everything. Necessary to see that, not stop it. It's just necessary to see it. More? Ask me something really hard. Um, in the third tenant, you you phrase there's a phrase that says with and without location yes so what is it to include the with location as well Um, it's an illusion this is an this is this is unreal this is an illusion let me do that again illusion unreal it's it's there it has its own place in in our hearing and our seeing it's, it seems so real, but it's unreal. It's, it's, it seems so established, so believable. Most of the world is running on that idea that right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. Even the really nice people who are helpful to others and are, or have a humanistic approach to everything still believe in right and wrong. They think that the other people are really bad and are wrong. And the people who are on the other side of the the bulwark, they're, they're taking the other position. They're going to control everything, no matter who it hurts. Because their ultimate understanding is, like we saw in the movie last night, um, which was, uh, what was that? That person's motivation, oh, patriot. He was a patriot. So that patriot, so he lived out of being a patriot. But it was his idea of being a patriot. So he killed a lot of people. Or tried to. No, I won't tell you the name of the movie. Yes. 
If what you're talking about can't be seen or experienced, how, how is it that you and other teachers have been talking about this? For because it's beyond identity. It's beyond location. It's beyond singularity. It's beyond that. And consciousness, look, I can, I can create things in your consciousness right now. It's, it's a completely open dimension. That doesn't make me have, give me some kind of power. But that's what's going on. We, we share this situation in terms of any kind of singularity called a person. You don't have to get rid of the singularity called a person just because I'm saying or anybody's saying that it's unreal. Have to work with that unreality also. More in that area if you have it. I'm still trying to understand. I'm still trying to understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm trying to understand what I just said. You have anything? Go ahead. Is it helpful to return to the concept, like without location in our day-to-day -day life yeah, when we get gross? Yes, thank you. Yes, you could. You could actually be in any situation, in your situation sitting in front of a computer screen or talking to someone or um, brushing your teeth is one I often mention. Just, just look at that situation and look at the illusion that you're in a particular location. The particularity of it is extremely um, seductive. You actually are here. You can you validate it with I, I can tell the color of this. I can see the shape of this. I can feel this with my hands. I can see this with my eyes. But the the me 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 is highly emphasized. I'm seeing this, and and what I'm seeing is over there. Separation, separation. The way it starts to come apart, and I've said this many times, and other teachers have said it also in, in different ways, is what you look at, you will start to see the identity part as that starts to dismantle, deconstruct, or come apart in your consciousness through the sitting practice of meditation, through the, the conceptual teaching of the Buddha's Dharma, down through the centuries, taken up by other teachers. As that comes apart, the identity part starts to get very shaky, and it looks for it looks for something to hang on to. And so the, the upside is uh, um, it's, it's leaving the prison of the sixth sense field to the prison of the, the mind that wants to clamp down. And it's starting to see that the identity that was trapped and re reified, 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 reinforced in the seventh consciousness, as is described in the Yogacara uh, layout of the eight consciousnesses, it starts to see that there's there's no solid self here. So then it starts to look out there. If I'm not here, where am I? I'm there. Look, everything looks like a mirror. That's still path. That's still the path. You start to see that you're everywhere, everywhere you are. You can see it in the in a very simple way that doesn't have many concepts. It's just a feeling that you're looking at yourself, no matter who you're looking at. Or there might be uh, some kind of conceptual uh, something conceptual show up in your mind that may uh, provide you with some words that that you're trying to describe what you see is out there. You, you, you know it's out there and it's away from you, uh, but it, it looks like something extremely familiar. Just look at that. And you could sit, you could say when you're doing anything, sitting in the, um, sitting in a stoplight in your car, waiting to, for the light to change. 
where, where am I? Where, what is this? You could ask yourself that. What is this, this illusion that I'm here in this car? There's a, there's a three garbage cans in a row that have been painted purple and they're sitting on the north side of the building. Is that north? Is it north? Okay, we're on the same page and it's on the top of this building. Each one of those are filled up with what? What's in them? Garbage. No, why would you go to garbage? No, bananas, fresh, not, not too ripe, not too not ripe. There's, you see them, they're sticking out the top. Purple garbage cans, are they lined up from east to west or are they, are, are they lined up at all? No, they're not. They're in a triangle, there's three of them. Why would you disagree with me all the time? You see what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're sharing, what, what space are we sharing right now? It's a space of non-existence. It's a space of illusion. This is the, is, the, is the illusion that is being pointed at. By looking at that illusion, which is just creating a dream out of nothing. I mean, it's not very creative. I'm thinking about garbage cans. And of course you filled them up full of trash, but I painted them purple. See how I helped you? <laughs> so that, that reality uh, is unreal, but it's, it's made of consciousness. It's made of consciousness that can just at your command, if you want to say command, it's not really that, but at just you can just invent anything. Everything is, is available. Consciousness always finds its own form. And that what is that form? Whatever it wants, whatever it needs. But if it's, if it's operating out of humor and out of spontaneity and out of creativity and out of love, if you want to use the, the, the rawness of that word, uh, you enjoy yourself. The, the yogi enjoys himself or herself. Great simplicity. Remember those words? I, I misquoted, I know, but not, you know, we all know where that comes from. You can actually do that. You can participate in the consciousness itself rather than go into the other area where you're not getting what you want or you're getting too much of what you don't want. And, and constant struggle in the mind stream, just clawing at ourselves, taking ourselves apart. It's like a, the old fashioned record of the scratchiness on the uh, 33 and a third, uh, if it slips off the track, it starts to scratch. We, we deliberately do that to ourselves because it makes us feel like we're here. We almost like to suffer rather than to be actually look and see this is unreal. Even, even pain, the pain of pain is unreal. doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yes, sir. How is that a shared space if the image we're seeing is different? That, that's why it is. You bring your toys, I bring my toys. We're playing in the same room. And, and each of us have, depending on how, how free you are of hope and fear, each of, us, each of us have the same ability to express what this is. This is what writing poetry, writing music, making paintings, this is what all the people in the arts are, have some kind of idea. There's something that can be said with just paint. There's something that can be said with just moving words around in different ways and then listening to them. Something, something can be done with, you're a musician. Look what, what you've done. Some of the things that you've done with music. Don't smile, I'm not complimenting you. You're starting to get like self-centered, all right? Get up here. Okay. How <laughs> to really embarrass you. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? 
I think you do. Then tell me what you see. I just felt like you responded to the question I had in that I had some confusion around the shared space being like the same form showing up, but you, it seems like you're pointing at the space itself. The spa even the space is an illusion. There isn't anything that you can point at, point to, name, or that, is, that has any kind of really solid reality. Even a knife in the chest is it's going to be vividly, uh, vividly real and unreal at the same time. It's always both. It's always real and unreal. that space with the purple garbage cans yes if there's nothing showing up in that space for a moment is are there is what's showing up in the rest of the senses taking up essentially the same space you could say that maybe a little bit i think i follow what you're looking for there but it, it won't function as a reference point so that you can do that again and produce something in that area it's you're, you're completely without reference point that's how you that's how you really create. That's why artists down through the centuries that when they when they describe, especially really great, you know, Giacometti, his, his sculptures, uh, the Italian, I think he lived in France, but Alberto Giacometti uh, talked about uh, what he produced. And if you've ever seen any of his sculptures, you could see how he was really trying to make visible the invisible. You'd have to look at it. You, would, you couldn't just have a passing, oh, that's interesting, in the gallery and go to the next piece. You have to contemplate that for a while. But able to take physical form and move it in such a way that it's saying something that is beyond the form. This is what great works of art are doing. They're, they're taking the, the same thing that you have access to, a bunch of color or a bunch of words or sounds and putting them together in such a way that something else is evoked, some otherness is evoked that, that brings up something else in us, a feeling of, of just deep understanding. And some people uh, quite often, because they are so wrapped up in their particular artistic production, they, don't, they haven't not, not investigated that there's no solid being here. They're, and the only way that shows up is if they're questioned about it, quite often artists will say, well, I just feel like it just came through me. I, I don't feel like I didn't even do it. So this is a, a lack of self-centeredness starts to show up in the art, the artist might in their everyday life might be incredibly unfair with their partners or mean or self-centered or but something about when they're producing the artwork it uh, evokes something beyond what they're what they're fundamentally working with it just transcends that more is there a shared space where all the sense bases come together i mean is there is, are the six senses all showing up in a common space well, consciousness is uh, consciousness uses sense of taste that's just a, a, a kind of consciousness but it's consciousness is the same everywhere eventually you start tasting what you're looking at sometimes a teaching shows up that way rochig with a tibetan teaching of one taste that everything you see is just this it may not even have much to do with actual physically tasting something but just seeing that everything it's just this and and it's not a conclusion it's uh the closest word probably would come to it is perception direct perception of identity lack of identity any polarity is seen all at once and there's no position and if you see it uh you may just like the 
spontaneous realizer that we were talking about, uh, Byron Katie, that who did not practice meditation. She just suddenly awoke to what this was and her version of it, not, not what I'm saying now, but it seems that's what she did. And then be over a period of what, 15 years or so, tried to understand how, what it even was and how she could possibly help others. She didn't go to meditation, teach that, although she does now. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know if she's here now, but uh, uh, Susan Hirschfield, um, I don't see her here now, but she uh, sent me a quote of, uh, of Katie's um, that was talking about um, uh, encouraging people to meditate. Though she didn't realize that way, she she eventually saw that probably can't do this just with the intellect. You're going to have to spend some time just doing nothing. Yes. In the meditation instruction this morning, um, you said, or you were quoted as saying, to look at thoughts as leaves in the stream, but look mm -hmm. at what's right in front, I'm paraphrasing, look at what's right in front of you, not upstream or downstream. Yes. Is that pointing to a similar I thing? I said that. Well, That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Who was I when I did that? Where who where was that at? Was that one of the 108 meditations? Which number was it? Okay, Chisho, which number was it? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know yet. No, I'm not familiar with this one. At least I'm not. Uh, it's not. So, no. okay. That doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that's the idea of just using that as an image so that when you're meditating, you can have a little bit of a slight reference point there when thoughts come and go. You can, they just come and go. You, if you watch them, if you don't add to it, if you don't comment on the, on the, on the thought or try to stop yourself from thinking or leave the thought for trying to be with your breath or any of the other mumbo jumbo that <clears throat> tends to come up, just receive it. Just like you would, you're looking at a leaf. And I think I said uh, the other day, you know, don't, don't uh, argue with goldfish. Didn't I say something like that? Something. No, don't, don't take issue with anything. Just whatever shows up, it has its own passport. It gets to be exactly what it is. And, it's, uh, and if you try to do anything with it, you just add to the confusion that secures and reifies a paranoid self that doesn't want to look at reality and see that reality is there's no solid being anywhere. There's just consciousness only. Yes. Is if you were seeing what was in front of you without an upstream or a downstream like that, is that similar to no location that you're talking about now? Yes, there's no there's no location there. But you wouldn't have, <coughs> pardon me, you wouldn't jump to the idea, oh, I think I'm seeing no location. That wouldn't show up at all. There wouldn't be any location nor no location. It would be non-dual. There would not be a position on it. It wouldn't even be a position of you know, Advaita or non-duality, that, that comes later when you're trying to help someone see this, you, you come up with those concepts and ideas. But there's no word for this. There are no words. It's beyond it. If you see it, you've transcended everything. And you, and you have no location. Your body is still located here or there, but this is an illusion. Something about that metaphor of no upstream and no downstream, especially with thought patterns. Yes. How do we create a sense of an upstream and a downstream? By wanting something that's in the future and regretting something that's in the past 
actually feeling there was a past. This, re this reinforces the self-centeredness that is, uh, uh, has a location in this body-mind complex that we call a human being. We think we are this human being. It's not that this body isn't here. It is here. And it is located in a, the illusion of time and space. Just receive, no, don't add, subtract, or divide. And that process seems to be involve a lot of watching the way you conclude or the way you judge, add and subtract, divide, uh, evaluate, push things this way or that way in order to get some kind of foothold on some kind of area that you might be able to have a say-so or control yourself or control what's happening or stop something you don't like and have more of something you do like. Go ahead. I've heard you say that space and time are both illusions. Are they essentially the same illusion? If you see through one, will you see through the other? I think so. Seems that way. But if you see through it, then you also see you also see through the identity of there being a separate being called me or so therefore the whole thing collapses you can't really get anywhere you can't get to some kind of state of seeing seeing through anything so nothing has happened yes sir is there a non-separate being called me no, no. would you like that okay you can have that <laughs> go ahead Yes, sir. Earlier, when you were talking about it can't be seen or can't be experienced, is our confusion on the path thinking that we can see or experience something? It could be to some extent, talking to ourselves about it, trying to convince ourselves of this or that, anything but to receive, anything to add some kind of a interpretation to things rather than just receive them as they are. If you receive them as they are, you won't know what it is. You won't know what you're doing. You won't know who you are. You won't mind. Let me see if there's anyone on, on Zoom here off in the distance. I'll get back to you, Miyoka. Any Anyone uh, on Zoom that has a, a question? When you say that you see Buddhas in everyone, is it still illusion? Sure. So is it seeing beyond the beings who are in front of you, bowing? Uh, not exactly. There, there is no in front of and there is no beyond. Those are illusions. It's just this. It's just this drop off body and mind or the whole idea of location. It could be looked at. You could just look at the location you have now and, and look at the location you, you'll have uh, three hours from now and the location you had uh, three hours ago. Those are all illusory. This one is illusory too. It's just this one is more intense. Called what? The present moment. Anyone else on, on uh, Zoom? We have over 30 people here. Like. Navid, 
um, it seems that it's easier to um, see the unrealness of our thoughts or even our dreams. Um, what is it that you see that makes you see the unrealness of this world clearly, Bowing? So if I were to go directly to some kind of attribution that I think would make sense to everyone and be possibly be helpful is uh, sitting practice of meditation, shikantaza, uh, to actually do that, to actually see that what arises there has its own uh, dependently arisen energy that comes up and goes away and comes up and goes away. And the consciousness, the awareness that is watching that has no position, has no identity. It seems to take that kind of training so that you, you're, from the point of view of ego, you're lost. You have no idea. It's, it's devastating to ego. If further, you can uh, develop that question a little more if you like. I can think of it right now. Um, I'll get back to you later. Thank you. Thank you. Further on uh, anyone else there on Zoom has a question. I'll look at the screen. Chisho. Chisho, uh, according to the 30 verses, even the store consciousness has a sense of location. Uh, is that so primary that you can only see through <laughs> location after seeing through the self well, I, I, the before and after i think are extra i think it's uh it's there's just uh um, even this is uh is not fundamentally it's relatively true but ultimately it also doesn't apply it's it's all at once it's everything everything even coben when he translated the heart sutra's uh, mantra everything all at once i mean even that is well, there is no all at once because that implies there's things that are happening that are not happening all at once. It just creates it's the otherness. So uh, the store consciousness is, is there as a structure, modality or something so that we have some way of, of working conceptually, working with this so that we can slowly move along to strengthen the awareness, to understand the, the, the first five sense fields, the sixth the think, basic thinking process. The seventh, which is the paranoid part of the mind, and then the uh, uh, the alia, which is uh, the storehouse where where all of the seeds are kept, so to speak. That's a traditional way of talking about it, kind of a simplistic image, but it's it's like that. Everything comes out of that, and it can, and something that has not been disturbed for a long period of time could something out here could trigger that because consciousness is not separate. Your consciousness, my consciousness, just like the image I often use, and I think it's a very good one. Uh, there's a 10 year old on a skateboard going down the sidewalk and they hit a break in the sidewalk and they go off and they're, sh they're wearing shorts and they hit right on their knees on the cement on the cement. You, you can't really look at that and just think, well, that's doesn't bother me. And you will you will feel you'll you'll have a visceral kind of reaction to that more than likely. I'm not saying everyone, but there are some sociopaths that wouldn't feel they are so separated from the world that they actually think that that's happening to someone else and not at all about them. Um, that's a, a person that's living behind lots and lots of concrete. And the upside of it is uh, not even there's no upside to that other than a temporary feeling of power over everything else. But the downside is 
they are missing their life and they're, um, they're, the, the difficulty is not over for them. Kelsey. Kelsey Bowing. Yes. Uh, uh, this is not about location, but um, you mentioned how some people are very attached to a right and a wrong. Yes. And I'm wondering if you have any um, suggestions on if we're in close relationship with someone who seems really attached to ego, their ego. And if I'm feeling myself feel like that is wrong yeah. <laughs> and there's a right path of sitting and doing the practice to become less attached, but it's creating some like aggression in me. And so I was wondering if you could speak to that. Going. I can. I can just be aware of the aggression. Don't get rid of that. The aggression is just energy that has been highly personalized. So just be aware of that and see, make, be, be friendly with yourself, with your energy, rather than trying to, trying to overcome that with more aggression, with some kind of, you know, seeing the aggression and wanting to stop. I don't like being aggressive. That's ego. So uh, it, it takes a while. It takes quite a while. And so just do it with your consciousness, with your awareness. And when, it, when it's, you're in a relationship with someone else, as much as you can, just listen to them. Listen, listen, receive, ask them about how they're feeling and how they're doing. Do not give anybody any instructions about training your mind unless they ask you. If they come up and say, I know you meditate. Can you tell me how to meditate or has meditation helped you? Keep your responses very simple and to the point. You could say yes. And then let them come up and say, well, well, how? How does that help you? Say, well, you could say any number of things. That, um, uh, I, I, many, many years ago, I, I would say, uh, just help me see how, how um, self-centered I am. So that, that was pretty true and still is. I still am self-centered. It's just unreal. It's, it has no, no status anywhere as anything. And you can do this. You're a, a meditator and uh, you're also a therapist, as I recall. And I would say just continue to work just like when you when you have people come in your office and in your therapy session, just meet them where they're at. Uh, people just need someone to listen to them and 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 be respectful for the uh, of them, even though they're they might be telling you terrible things about themselves. They're still, it's um, you, can, you can just receive them, receive them. It's all about uh, that's the most profound form of generosity there is, is just receive everything, give everything your attention and don't let up. Don't let up. Just continue to receive, receive. Not easy. And also don't, uh, don't correct anyone. Starting with yourself. Stop correcting yourself. There's nothing to fix. Don't believe me. I'm not saying that, but consider it. Consider how would you fix anything that you can't even see? Like the emotions, you can't find them. Um, it has, the emotions have no location. But they have an imputed location, just like the, the three, uh, what, what color did I make them? Purple? I could have made them like a mint green. Yeah, let's change it. Okay, far, the front part is purple, the back side that you can't see. Every time you go around, it switches, it changes around. It's a special kind of trash can. So just, that's your mind is like this. But if there's a lot of fear there, that something is threatened, or if there's a lot of hope that you can somehow improve or get better, then you'll operate out of hope and fear, which is what most of the world is, is working with. And we as meditators, when we first start this may have to work with that uh, to some extent for a while, and everyone is a little bit different. But all you really have to do, Kelsey, 
is uh, train your mind, get to the wall as much as you can, sit as much as you can, uh, an hour to two hours a day if you can, if you have the time. And I know you have children and have clients and 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 so on. So you know, maybe difficult to do that, but just continue to return to that over and over and over again. And watch the way the mind keeps concluding. Don't stop the concluding. It's about awareness. When I say don't conclude, uh, I know you can't do that. I can't even do that. But when you when you when you say I'm going to str- I'm going to stop concluding things, then you notice how much you keep reaching and grasping uh, for a cup of coffee. Thank you for the question. Is there further? Yes, Milka. Milka Bowing, I have a couple of questions from YouTube. Okay. Uh, Zeb asks, does no location mean no movement? Yes, it does. And anything you see moving is, it's an illusion. And anything you feel is over there and not over there is uh, an illusion have to see it and, and if you if you see it it doesn't mean that if you see it you'll believe it that's why it's it's not substantial insofar as a personal identity because you the identity the way the way this is being taught and the way i'm endeavoring to do this i feel helpless uh, i feel like there's no way i can talk about this but here i am and i'm talking and i'm doing my best to meet you any of you where you're at with your questions and help you as much as i can without converting you to some kind of belief in some kind of better way or some kind of way of getting what you want it's uh it's uh, don't give up just intend to see the truth that's that's the way i uh, talk about it quite often just the intention don't have to you don't have to succeed at anything this is about the intention because uh, the conclusion part or succeeding in something closes it right down to a a relative situation, which of course is also an illusion, but it just looks real. And then you can brag about it. I used to get really mad, but since I started meditating, I don't get mad anymore. I'm just calm all the time, very peaceful, quite mindful. Pretty much hard for anything to affect me at all. I'm just so blissed out. Yes, you too. I was wondering about the opposite. If we, if there's some kind of spiritual progress when we used to be calm and now we're getting more angry and more irritated, is that happening? We can. If if you're no longer defend defending yourself against anything, you actually are not going to miss your life. You're very lucky, from my point of view, which is a limited. From my point of view, if you begin to see what this is, you'll stop fighting with everything, and you will receive this incredible world. This incredible. Uh, illusion called my life. You'll receive that. You'll live your life. You'll no longer be looking for advantages to get ahead of everybody else. Or this doesn't mean you won't go and go to school, get a, get a degree, and become a uh, a plumber or a, a university professor or specialize in some particular thing. Of course, more. Yes, sir. Thomas in the UK asks. Hi, should concentration on top of the nose be strictly observed when sitting amongst other attention to physical posture, etc.? On my nose? Your, your nose? Whose nose? Of nose, top of nose. Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about the top of your nose. 
So this doesn't mean you can't see it occasionally. I mean, you're, it's right in front of you. My nose doesn't come out very far, so, but I can always feel of it. So if I was, I could just hold on to my nose through the whole meditation, and that would be, I'm being a little bit silly here, maybe quite a bit silly, but I'm just saying it, it's not about a reference point. It's about seeing the way the consciousness goes this way, goes that way, continues, continues to bring drainage out of the out of the, the, the soil pipe. I mean, trying to get things back that uh, or, or push things ahead or a, con a constant manipulation of what's happening in the mind stream. Please don't do this to yourself. Sit down, hold still, hold the body as symmetrical as you can and as straight as you can without being rigid and watch what continues to move in your kneecaps in your mind stream, in your memory, uh, in your, you know, the any direction the mind goes, just observe that and don't add, subtract, divide, or divide if you can help it. So you don't really need to uh, focus on the nose. This is not uh, a materialistic approach to it. It is a approach that, that has to do with uh, realizing. And if you realize there will be, you won't realize anything and there'll be no one who realizes that's realization. You can quote me. If you can remember it, there is there is no there is no realization from the point of view of the language of ego. And, and if there becomes a teaching like you know, several volumes of uh, Dogen Zenji's amazing uh, teaching, you should study it. We should all study it. We should study the 30 verses of Asabandha. We should study the teachings of Nagarjuna, the teachings of the Buddha, which are all over the place written down and are luckily they're translated into a language that we uh, use and get your your body mind to the cushion sit symmetrical and watch the, the the comings and goings in the mind stream anything else yes go right ahead son ho is there something useful about the economy of language versus collaboration? Give me an example. I, I follow you. Give me, give me an example. Oh, sure. I talk way too much, it seems, but then... Uh, so I, you said, I talk way too much, it seems. Go ahead. So... I, I could try and trim that back, right? And maybe what did you say? I, I could try and uh, trim that back, you know, not allow. No, wait, wait. You said I could trim that back, right? Didn't you say that? Yeah. yeah. You followed up what you said with a, a right? Correct. Okay, keep going. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> should a person not elaborate all the time, or is that fine as long as they're aware of it? You said it. It's it's about the awareness of the elaboration, and then the elaboration, because it's dependent on the reason, will will speed up, might slow down, might in some situations it might be over the top, and in some situations because you're no longer interested in controlling it, uh, uh, to show up to reinforce a self-centered aspect of the consciousness that is right or correct or is not talking too much or 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 or, or down the line, then that that dependent origination that shows up in your life. You being an attorney, that would be very handy for you to, to out of the situation, to know when to speak, when to elaborate, and when to keep it shut. So I think you, you're, you're, the way you're describing it there, I would say, don't do it as, a, as an accomplishment of trying not to talk too much, but just uh, be aware of the elaborations, even when the elaborations seem too, 
like too much, like you're filling up the space with too much talky, 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 talky about stuff. Got to get close to what you're looking for. That was very helpful. Thank you. Yes, sir. Is there a question on Zoom? There's quite a few people there. There's 38 windows open, and three of them, I think, are the monasteries. So, <clears throat> oh, yes. Is it important to experience that immersion in concepts rather than to step back with the teaching? Yes, both. So, and it would be different with each person. But yes, the note to be it's it's always about the awareness of awareness of immersion. Uh, yes, and and be. And that's that's the receiving part. So if you're aware of the immersion in it, then you're you're receiving uh, the degree or the amount or the style or the excuse me the shape of that immersion, how that's showing up. A very, uh, you could call it radical or excuse me minimal area where there's not a, not a lot of uh, buildup in terms of um, uh, reference points for the ego to uh, nurture itself on. It's very minimal. It's like feeling slightly lost in the woods and looking around and seeing light coming through the trees and through the leaves and seeing and seeing you kind of know where you're at. You have kind of a relative location. We're not trying to do away with location. We're just saying it's unreal. And if you see this unreal, then you can you can actually use the location in a way that is most expedient for whatever is arising as it is. So there's no personhood there that is trying to get its own way or protect it itself from something that is not threatening at all. Or, Jeez, I'm like, where's the middle way between that immersion and the teaching? It's at both ends. You have to see both ends. Don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't look away. It's awareness, awareness. It's not some kind of thinking process that's going to get us to that. Although you or anyone else may need to do a lot of thinking in a particular area. This is why we study. I wasn't trained this way. I was I was trained to study whatever my teacher taught and a little bit of what was taught generally. But we never studied the Diga Nikaya, the Majima Nikaya, Samyutta Nikaya, the 30 verses, uh, any, any of the works of Nagarjuna. They were talked about and interpreted, but to study the actual material was not there. The way I teach is we should study everything we can even areas uh, uh, that don't necessarily agree with what's being said there, but it's a teaching that comes out of Buddhism and people have taken certain positions on that, on how that would show up and how that was meaningful in, <clears throat> excuse me, in a person's practice more. Just like you studying the Avatamsaka Sutra. Didn't you hate that? Didn't like it. Just... You didn't hate it, but you just didn't like it. That's a famous sutra. How can you possibly not like it? Aren't you a Buddhist monk? Isn't that, isn't that embarrassing? It's not embarrassing. Well, you guys, you got a ways to go then. <laughs> You'll get embarrassed eventually. But it won't be about that. It won't be about Avatamsaka. That embarrassment goes way deeper than that. Good luck to you. Yes, sir. Andy Valley. When we chant um, about the 10 directions, yes. um, how does that relate to no direction? 
or another location. Just pointing out the illusion, the shape of the illusion. This way, that way, this way, that way, in between all of those, and up and down. You knew that, though. You can count. You didn't know what they were? I didn't know what all ten of them were, no. Well, which one were you missing? <laughs> Four See, through six, yeah. Four through six. <laughs> yeah, you are an attorney. <laughs> uh, okay, so so it's just about seeing it. It's not about, it's just about seeing that as a, it's, an, it's unreal. It's there, we use it. You know, the, the kotsu is unreal, but we use it. Knife, knife and fork, salt, salt and pepper, all those are very, very constantly reminding us of otherness because of the relationship with the body. This is why Dogen says, says drop off body and mind. It's just watch the attachment to the, to the body and mind as when you reach for the salt. So it's just, and, it, and watch as you go in a particular direction. Notice that this is, that's just an elaborate um, um, description, the 10 directions and the three times of the illusion. Yes, sir. Andy Belling. Um, so is location ha happening, but it's just the, I guess, the ego that thinks it's real not happening? I'm following you a little bit, but what is it you want to know? I guess I want to know is is it just is the is the location going on but the ego experiencing it unreal and i guess i know both both, both ego and and the so-called other it's empty of all of those it's it's just one big gigantic really fat illusion and you're not separate from any of it it's it's an astonishing understanding when i say astonishing it's just extremely simple and it's astonishing astonishing kelsey who's that i'm looking at there is that is that a hand puppet or is that a real child this is my son arthur <laughs> hey arthur how you doing Dad. <laughs> all right me too is there a final one before we close to the today yes sir another um me too yes Kate asks, if one has a ha had a habit of avoiding conflict in the face of aggression, for example, attacks from a colleague, how to rightfully care? Is there such a thing as useful anger? Thank you. Well, I think I think everything that shows up is is useful from the uh, kind of a pragmatic situation, but it's so so different. There's something. Uh, was it Kate? Yes, Kate. So. Um, Kate. So I'm not sure which Kate, but it doesn't matter. Yes. Um, the handle I, is Fran Dark. Pardon me. The person's handle on YouTube is Fran Dark. I don't know. Okay. Well, I, I would I would say something. That may, this may be helpful is to uh, is to study the the uh, what's called the four karmas: pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, and destroying. And if you're a strong meditator, uh, you can't just use this intellectually. You have to be a strong meditator, someone who practices every day, who is strengthening the, 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 the consciousness in such a way that you can receive what's showing up. 
And that way, if you really can receive what's showing up, you know whether to pacify that situation. And there are different ways of doing that. And I can talk more about that. Maybe I'll give a talk on that, on those uh, four karmas one of these days. Pacifying, enriching, in other words, kind of, but you're, you can't do that if you're at all threatened, if you're, if you're, uh, or if you're threatened, uh, threatened, but you're not aware of it. And that starts to come up and be more threatening because you feel like you're in the presence of uh, some violence or some anger that is going to overwhelm you, or then you start to get self-conscious and so on. Pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, uh, and destroying. And that, as I sometimes say to cl help clarify it, destroying doesn't mean you hit them. It might mean that you destroy the connection. And you wouldn't leave and say, have enough of this. That's not, that's not destroying. Uh, destroying would be just leaving. So the, the, I, the, I like that question, but it would, it would have to be, um, if you're listening, if you could, if you could, uh, personalize that a little bit more, I might be able to give you a little bit more feedback on it. I don't know, maybe not, but if anything shows up, but doesn't, we can close. Hi, my name is Shoka. I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I'm committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for our programming, including a scholarship fund to cover living and tuition costs for those who are practicing full-time at the monastery. Thank you for your generosity.